Welcome to Clinical Lab Chat, part of the MedCore Podcast Network. I'm Chris Wolski, Director of Business Intelligence for CLP, and today I'll be speaking with Saman Askari about prenatal testing in the post-row world. Now, Saman is the co-founder and CEO of MyTerra, an at-home testing company within the reproductive health space with roots in telehealth and genetic testing. Now, in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade, which I'm sure we're all aware of, there's been a lot of focus on how it's affecting the delivery of health care uh, to women, and I think, I think rightly so. But one area that hasn't been as focused on is what this decision means for prenatal testing and how labs and providers of tests need to be navigating what is becoming, to put it mildly, some pretty fraught waters. So, Saman, uh, welcome, and I'm hoping you'll be able to uh, help me and CLP's listeners to take our first steps in these very uncertain times of re- reproductive rights. So, um, first, tell me a little bit about what MyTerra does, for those who might not be familiar with it, and how you and how you do it. Yeah, absolutely, Chris, and uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, so Matera was started early in 2020 as a maternal fetal medicine and genetic counseling telehealth company. We provided video consultations for people that needed uh, expertise uh, within our uh, fields, uh, and that included the uh, field of maternal fetal medicine, which is a subspecialty of OBGYN that deals with pregnancy complications and reproductive genetics. Uh, soon after we launched, we got structured to be able to provide our services in all 50 states. We got uh, medical licenses everywhere and we, we structured the company as well. And um, it made a lot of sense for us to uh, launch our own genetic tests. Uh, we were already doing a lot of pre-test and post-test uh, genetic counseling for genetic tests that are related to reproductive health. And um, we saw a big gap in the market to be able to extend access uh, to these technologies in a responsible manner. Um, And to that end, we launched two at-home genetic tests. One of them is uh, an expanded carrier screening, which is a saliva-based test that screens uh, a person's DNA for uh, 421 genes, and it would tell you whether you're a carrier of any one of those genes um, and would tell you the risk of you passing that along to your child. Uh, and if you do that alongside your reproductive partner, for example, and if you're, you find out that you're both carriers of conditions such as cystic fibrosis or sickle cell anemia, then um, there's a high risk that your child can come down with that condition. And that information is very powerful in the sense that you can uh, plan ahead and you can take certain steps to mitigate that risk. Uh, the, other, um, the other test that we launch is a non-invasive prenatal test, commonly known as NIPT. And um, this test is a first of its kind in the sense that it's the first time somebody can order this, order this from the comfort of their home, uh, get it uh, administered at home, uh, and also be able to see a genetic counselor um, about their results. Um, and that test screens uh, the fetus. It's done uh, at around 10 weeks of pregnancy and uh, it's a blood test, uh, it's a blood sample from the mother and it screens the fetus uh, for uh, Down syndrome, uh, trisomy 13, trisomy 18, as well as fetal sex. 
and any sex chromosomal abnormalities. All right. And these both go back to, to a lab. Is that, is that correct? Are these home tests? These are home tests. Um, we send you an at-home kit, and we provide you the tools to be able to provide the sample, um, and you ship that back uh, to the lab. And, okay. Um, yes. Okay, great. And, you know, uh, from the way you're describing this and the way I understand it, you're really, what you're doing is you're giving uh, women and their partners, uh, depending on what that, what that which test they're using, or if they're using both of them, uh, the, the facts about their potential uh, reproductive health and the health of the fetus. And um, so you kind of touched on this a little bit, but can you kind of talk a little bit more about the benefits of having this knowledge? I mean, is this simply being able to make more informed decisions, which is always great, or is it about a broader issue, maybe, uh, of having personal choice and autonomy about your reproductive uh, health? The ultimate goal here is uh, to provide our patients with uh, information that would allow them to uh, make the best decision for themselves as far as their reproductive health goes. So the, these, this type of information uh, that these tests provide were not available to people even you know, 10, 15 years ago. As DNA sequencing technology has advanced, it has, been, uh, it has become uh, very cost-effective to be able to have these tests done. And our goal uh, essentially is to demystify uh, ge the genetic testing landscape um, in the sense that we make sure that every patient that goes through our system and through our intake process is provided information around what these tests can do and what these tests can't do. And we show them a video and they thoroughly understand what they're um, going to go through. And we take them through an informed consent process and so on. And the reason for that is that uh, the type of expertise that allows uh, for people to understand these tests thoroughly and understand their results is uh, lacking in um, vast areas of the country. Um, there are only about 1,500 or so um, internal fetal medicine uh, experts in the country. There, there's also a shortage of genetic counselors. So by using telehealth technologies, we've sort of centralized that expertise and are able to provide a process by which patients um, are responsibly taken through the process and um, get the most out of out of the results. Right. So you're also provide. there's a lot, there's something that I'm also talked a lot about on, on the show and in, in our magazine uh, and on our website about access. So this is also about access as well. You're giving, you're giving people uh, access, convenience, uh, a lot of those things that come with uh, a home, a home testing uh, regimen. Yes, correct. Uh, we are extending access to the expertise um, that we have in house um, and because of the reason I mentioned earlier, there's a lack of expertise across the country for this particular test. Many people actually, about a third of pregnant individuals today get non-invasive prenatal tests done already, but it's very rare that somebody sits down with them and thoroughly explains uh, the capabilities of the tests and, and what their results mean. So uh, part of our goal is to make sure that these tests are uh, delivered in a very responsible manner. And of course, um, the test being at home means that there is a lot of uh, convenience and privacy uh, that come along with the processes. Right, for sure. 
And this leads into one, you know, one thing we discussed in the the pre-interview uh, was how there is no judgment in what you present to the patient. You are presenting just the facts, which I, I think was one of the most refreshing things I've heard in a long time, uh, particularly today when everything is and and the issue of reproductive rights, particularly, is so driven by ideology and emotion and. How important a role do you think companies like Myterra and Labs in general are in helping to get ideology and emotion out of what is at root a very ideological and emotional issue for people, the reproductive health? I mean, how, how, how important is it for you to, to, how important was it, and this might be kind of a, an obvious sort of thing, but how important was it for you to really just you know, kind of uh, for for uh, those who are maybe listening who remember this old TV show, you know, this just just the facts sort of uh, approach, you know, kind of that dragnet, just the facts sort of approach to to uh, uh, providing uh, this information. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So um, we specifically devised our um, our process in a way where we've taken uh, judgment and sort of uh, value based guidance completely out of the equation. And um, and the way we do that is that we have made uh, the process into an um, autonomous process in the sense that uh, things are very clearly laid out. Uh, the patient, first of all, is educated on what uh, the information, uh, what the test can tell them. So they make the decision upfront whether they want to have access to that information or not. And um, the, the way we convey that information is through genetic counseling sessions that we offer to uh, patients. And genetic counseling by nature is non-directed in the sense that it just presents right. the information. Uh, here are your options. Here are the pros and cons. And the, the entire goal is to empower patients to make the, the best decision possible um, based on their own uh, values. So um, right. it, it's a little bit different than sort of a patient-doctor relationship where uh, a doctor can be a little bit more directive and say, okay, um, I suggest or I recommend you do this. Uh, we, we steer clear from that and we uh, strictly present the information to the patient. Um, and part of uh, the reason that's, uh, that's doable is because we have sort of made pro pro protocols and um, processes around our telehealth process uh, to allow for that. So the, the automation uh, makes the whole process sort of very aut autonomous um, and allows mm -hmm. for that kind of um, information to be dispersed to, to the patients. Right, right. And, and you know, I, I could see a, a critic coming out and saying, well, you're just there pushing, you know, some sort of an agenda and, and uh, something of that sort. This, you're not telling anyone you should you should not you should not have children or you should have an abortion or anything of that sort. You are just laying out what the results of the these tests are. Is that is that the case here? Absolutely, uh, we're we're not in the business of doing any of that. Uh, the whole process is very uh, depersonalized, and it's around uh, providing uh, the patient information about their own health, about their own DNA, about the, the their fetus. And um, yeah, the, the entire thing is very uh, depersonalized in that way. But it's not, I mean, it's depersonalized in the fact that it's factual. It's, but, you know, these are, if you tell someone that they have uh, both, both the partners have a recessive gene that could result in a very serious illness um, for, their, 
for the child or condition, um, you're, um, there's emotion involved there. I'm sure that, that you know, the, when you're telling a patient that, that gets a, can be a little, have a little bit of emotional content there. Um, how do you, how do you handle that part of it? Um, I mean, is that, is that part of what the genetic counseling aspect of it, of it is that you provide? Uh, absolutely. So the, yeah, these are very important emotional decisions for people. And, uh, what we do is that we do provide them, uh, with options, but we're, um, we make sure that we present the options in a, uh, very sort of, uh, non-personalized way. Uh, we don't want to pass along any sort of uh, value judgments, uh, and we we leave the value-based decision making uh, to the patients. We provide them with the options and say, here are the pros, cons, uh, limitations, and um, you know this is what you can do with this information. And now it's up to you to make that decision. Okay. Well, that's. I mean, that's how you're you're working with patients in in general let's let's talk a little broader now and how are you that is my Tara uh, navigating the myriad of new laws coming out re reproducting uh, regarding reproductive health uh, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the, the podcast that you are licensed in all 50 states so you have to na navigate I mean it's like in some cases today navigating 50 different countries um, I mean, do you see some sort of a foresee a trickle-down effect as well uh, for Myterra and labs happening as more laws limiting reproductive uh, rights or, or access uh, are added to the books? I mean, how, how is this affecting a company like you um, that's just handling the testing aspect of it? Uh, that, that's a great question. Um, we have made it a point to uh, keep things separate um, in the way that we deal with things. We don't... Um, you know, we are a genetic testing company at the end of the day. So we, we gather certain information from uh, the patient's uh, genome and uh, we, we pass that along to them. Um, and in, in our own way, we've, we've tried to sort of, uh, and, and that's a separate area than, than some of the, the, the laws that have been passed. And then right, yeah, sure. And, and in our own way, we've we've tried to sort of um, enable the patients and, and empower them um, through through our process uh, by allowing for more uh, privacy and by allowing for more autonomy and convenience. Um, and we we feel like what we do is is sort of um, you know even though it's related to a lot of the laws that have passed, but we see it as a separate uh, you know practice of, of medicine uh, where we uh, right where we utilize certain technologies uh, to at the end of the day um, give patients health information okay sure but but I mean it's interesting you're talking about the at home aspect of this and I, I know that's you know for for uh, th that's becoming I think part of a big part of the the debate at least on you know is this divide, you know, the divide here. Uh, do you see home prenatal testing uh, and, and, and reproductive testing as critical to preserving that personal autonomy, that privacy that we've been we've been touching on a little bit here? And do you think this might be a, a I hate to, maybe this is an overly dramatic way of putting it, but a, kind of a bulwark against some of the, you know, frankly, draconian laws that we've seen enacted or kind of coming off the road since the Roe v. Wade uh, decision was overturned. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it. Um, there's been a, um, there's been a movement 
afford at-home care. Uh, and it's been spurred right. on by, by COVID, as we all know. Uh, most people are not familiar with um, telehealth and um, a lot of the visits to their doctor to their doctor has been uh, have been converted to um, telehealth. So uh, this is sort of in line uh, with a lot of that. And um, certainly the the autonomy and, and the privacy and the access to technology that we've extended across the country um, is is sort of a, a way for us to be able to um, empower patients to sort of overcome some of the limitations that that have been placed on them. Now, um, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, uh, we don't want to step outside the bounds of the law, and we want to respect the patient's Certainly. decision um, to uh, undertake such testing in the first place. So it, it is uh, it is all in the patient's hands whether whether this is something that makes sense for them or not. Right. Okay. Uh, well. Unfortunately, we've, we've reached the end of our time today. Uh, I do think we've covered some really fascinating ground, and I'm grateful that testing uh, is still available for women and their partners to make informed, rational decisions uh, that are right for them. So thanks, Saman, and, and, and the, the team at MyTerra for, for uh, providing that to uh, to women and their partners uh, out there. Uh, and also thanks, Saman, for uh, for taking part in what I expect will be an ongoing dis discussion about uh, reproductive rights in our country. So uh, maybe uh, you can come and join us again in the, in the near future and we can talk a little bit more about this as things become clearer, uh, either for the positive or, or negative side of this. Uh, I also want to uh, thank uh, you, the laboratory audience, for listening uh, and look for more episodes of Clinical Lab Chat in the future and visit us online at clpmag.com and on all the major social media platforms. Until next time. It was a pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me on.